This is Samia Bano with Make Change Fun and Easy, podcast to help you create massive positive change in your life and the world. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasirkal, aloha, hola, ciao, and bonjour. It's so good to be with you again. And guess what? We have another really amazing guest with us today, Tina Burt, who is a holistic life coach, energy healer, and mentor. And I'm so excited you're with me today, Tina. Welcome. Thank you, Samia. I'm really pleased to be meeting with you again. Nice to be here. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm going to have us jump right in and ask you to tell me more about you. Uh, tell me, who are you? What do you do? Like, I mean, we heard, I just shared some of these titles that, you know, um, we used to describe a little bit about you, but tell me more. What does that really mean? <laughs> and how did you get to be this holistic life coach, energy healer and mentor that you are? Great. Well, it's um, been a pretty interesting journey uh, for me. I've been um, working with energy my whole life, it seems like, way back in my childhood. And I didn't really understand it at the time, but it seemed rather magical anyway to me. And I did not have anyone around me that could explain it. So I sort of kept it a bit of a secret um, most of the way through my life. Yet I found that the the ability to interpret things energetically followed me all through my life. But it wasn't until probably around 10 years ago that I really started to understand it and sought um, a few other healers out to help me understand myself a little bit better. But that whole transition came about as a result of, um, I guess, a a traumatic childhood and um, early adulthood. And I had suppressed all of that. But I think what our bodies do is that over time, as much as we try to suppress things, there's always an opportunity for things to come up for healing. And that's what put me on my journey. over a period of time I really resonated with energy work more and more and was able to help um, quite a number of people but I found that my clients wanted me to be or to be able to prove my worth and the, the best way that I saw to be able to do that was to get some certificates so I went out chasing a few modalities that really had helped me with my own healing but that I found really resonated with the work that I wanted to do. And I was introduced to Reiki and another modality called Body Code, which incorporates emotion code work into that as well. Mm. So that's where the energy side of my, my work started and has developed over the years. And I've found that that particular work really helped my own healing and has helped the healing of others. Yeah. And then moved into a bit of a coaching space as I found that it was necessary to also work on the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind on a healing journey. Mm. 
That is so cool, Tina. Uh, and I resonate a lot with your story, actually, because I'm also a survivor of trauma. And the trauma that I survived is child sexual abuse. And, um, you know, over the years, I also was just searching for different things that would help me. Honestly, for so many years, when I, I was so caught up in my suffering, I didn't care about other people. <laughs> I just wanted to figure out how I could help myself, you know, and as part of that journey, I discovered all these modalities like coaching and, um, uh, you know, uh, positive psychology and um, uh energy healing work mostly in the context of reiki in my case um and and so i i i have a, a um like a sense of how these different modalities work and um what the benefits of the different modalities are and it'd be really cool to hear your perspective on like what are some of the the differences that you see in, in the different modalities that you use and what are the strong points and where are some gaps um, in, in terms of what you can do with that modality that you then um, fill in with the other ones that you use like yeah tell me a little bit more about that yeah cool um, I used, across all of my work, I use probably five different um, primary techniques. Mm -hmm. So we have the um, coaching or mentoring. I use NLP a little bit as well, neuro-linguistic programming, and mindfulness. Um, and then with the energy work is the um, emotion code and body code with the Reiki. So they all have their... Um, their strong points and they all fit really well together. The emotion code work is um, around being able to release trapped emotions or um, trapped imbalances that we pick up through all of our lives. We all do it. There's nothing wrong with, our, with us for doing that. But um, what happens is we, we get trapped emotionally in a moment and then we carry that through our lives if we don't have the opportunity to release that. So mm. uh, Emotion Code does that really well. It just allows that um, emotion to come up and be released without reliving that, that moment over again. It's just the emotional resonance. And then Reiki for me allows me to um, create a calmness, if you like, within the energy work and um, Reiki continues to work throughout the whole um, modality, throughout the whole session, if you like, and it works with the client's body itself as opposed to me directing the traffic, so to speak. And through mindfulness, it's around um, creating an awareness with the client that feeling what they are going through and allowing themselves to sense a moment themselves so that they could effectively release a trapped emotion or a trapped imbalance on their own. Mm. And coaching just allows all of that to be put together in a package where we create some conscious programming ongoing to hopefully eliminate over time 
the need for someone to continually track those imbalances Mm. Um, because we usually do that through trying to create a sense of safety in ourselves right and then um but what that tends to do is that it creates a, a, just a little bit of a ne- negative vibration in ourselves which then attracts more and more things and eventually it just gets bigger yeah yeah it, it's really cool that you have all these different modalities that you're able to bring together because i know many coaches amazing coaches or amazing healers or amazing trainers but they they they're, they're they're only using like like let's say there are so many amazing energy healers but they only do energy healing work and then there's amazing coaches um but they're only doing coaching they don't they don't have any training or expertise in healing energy healing work and so it's like i know for me in my experience i first started out with you know just the more traditional counseling and therapy kind of services um, that was the first time i reached out for help actually and definitely you know starting with that counseling therapy process it helped for sure for sure it helped but on its own it wasn't enough not even nearly enough because even after i was done with the counseling and the therapy that I could access. Um, I'd made some improvement, but in so many other ways I was continuing to struggle. And I certainly didn't feel in control of my mental emotional wellness um, at the end of you know the therapy that I was able to access. And so I was like, okay, so what do I do now? And so I had to keep searching for the next thing and the next thing that could help me and um yeah so i i really see the value of people being able to connect with you or someone like you who's able to bring together different modalities and so then you can actually have that more holistic approach to helping someone that's really awesome yeah, no, I found it probably in a very similar way to you that one particular path was not enough for me. And whereas I started off with the energy work first, that actually allowed me to see that therapy would help me. But the energy work, as um, miraculous as it was, was not quite enough. I realised that I was healing this part of me that seemed to be almost in the past but I'd struck a bit of a wall as far as being able to move forward with my life. So then took on the um, services of a therapist to help in that regard. And really everything was in a springboard. Each session was um, putting me way forward of where I would have been if I was using just one path or another. And then I actually incorporated a coach, I got a life coach myself because I found that there was just seemed to be something missing and that was when I realized that I could actually combine coaching myself with the energy work to help people um, move forward with their life. How do you distinguish between traditional therapy approach and the coaching approach? I 
for me, therapy is about almost you could define it as um, present and past. So it's healing you in the present based on what happened in the past. Yeah. Coaching to me is about the present and the future. So yeah. it's dealing with you in the present, but looks ahead to where you want to be in the future. And I do feel that both therapy and coaching look at things from a very similar perspective yeah. because to get into the future, you do actually have to heal the past. And that's where the energy work comes in because I can help facilitate that without taking you back to that memory, without yeah. you having to um, go through all of that emotional upheaval again. We yeah. just that, and yeah. it's still there. It's still a memory, but we should be able to take away that mm. emotional vibration that is causing you to get triggered. Yes that's one of my favorite parts of energy healing because you know I'm all about making change fun and easy and I find that energy healing just allows the whole change process to happen so much more easily and so much more gently than if you're not able to tap into the energy healing modalities um you know I remember <laughs> one of my clients I was working with um, she was a domestic violence survivor it had been actually many years thankfully since she had um, managed to leave that relationship um, so she wasn't currently in the in the relationship but she was continuing to experience the 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 impact of the trauma that she went through when she was in in that abusive relationship and i remember we did a session and um i was just giving her energy healing that day um, i think it was either i can't remember if i was using reiki or reconnective healing but it doesn't matter the point is it was an energy healing focused session and at one point in the session she just burst into tears you know mm -hmm. but it only lasted for like maybe two minutes three minutes five minutes max uh for sure it wasn't more than that and then after that she was like calm and peaceful and after and i didn't i didn't stop during the session when she burst into tears like i just kept going i just let her do what she needed to do in the moment. I didn't try to comfort her or I didn't give her any tissues or this or that. But, you know, after the session was over, I checked in with her and I was like, how are you feeling? What was that experience like? And she said, yeah, when she was going through the healing, um, healing process, there was a time when some strong emotion really came up and she had some memory that got triggered, but they passed away like you know like and 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 now she 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 was she said that you know she was feeling like she had released something and she was feeling lighter and you know and in all the time that we continued to be in touch after like after we even after we finished our work officially together and i 
con- you know continue to stay in touch with her as friends even to this day you know whatever what she released then it's still released it's like you know it's like yeah it, it's so and and it just happened like so much more quickly and easily <laughs> and gently than if we had to go through therapy and like really go back into those memories and talk about them and 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 stuff yeah that seems to be quite you know when you can uh release a memory or release the energy that's attached to that memory like that it almost feels like a level of acceptance or you've managed to move through the the resistance to that particular memory and it's actually amazing at how quickly it can pass when we don't try and stop it from coming up yes yes oh. talking about you know how quickly it can come to pass when we don't try to stop it when we don't try to resist it that i would love to dig deeper into with you because when it, especially when it comes to energy healing work i mean i i think this is true no matter what modality you're using but i see this especially clearly in the context of energy healing work that when i mean the the our, we actually have that capacity to heal so quickly and even instantaneously um but for most of us it doesn't happen like that and and what i've been learning is that there if it's not happening instantaneously and easily is because you're probably holding on to something there's something mm-hmm. that you are resisting in the healing process and not allowing uh allowing the healing to actually occur and I, you know that is just such a interesting thing to reflect on uh, what what's your experience with that how do you understand that oh well, it is really interesting it's quite a, a big topic i think because we we actually resist quite a lot in our lives without realizing the impact of that and you know there's that saying what you resist will persist mm-hmm. and it's really true but that that whole ability to um i think this is something else that we have spoken about when we can surrender to that mm-hmm. resistance that's when things will come up and just float away almost and i think the the resistance is there because it's painful mm. and we can all we remember is the pain that's associated with whatever it is that's coming up and the the ability to move through that is not necessarily the ability just to um put up with the pain and delve deeper into it it's around getting as close as you possibly can to that feeling without feeling like you're falling over the edge of the cliff you you're just standing on the edge not right on the edge but you're standing there and you've got close to that moment and then you come back for a moment 
and then you can go you'll find you're able to get closer and closer and closer to that memory or to that feeling that you're trying to avoid and if you can tap into the feelings within yourself you'll you will feel a level of tension somewhere that is telling you no don't don't move forward that's horrible there don't don't pass this point but by just getting a little bit closer to that tension trying to uh, feel the tension feel what's in it feel what's underneath it that's when that release usually happens yeah yeah that um thank you for sharing that 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 is so so i mean there's so much in what you just said that you know i could pick up on and 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 comment but one thing that i i really want to highlight in what you just said is is that this process of I, i love that vision that you painted or that analogy that you made of experiencing this healing process like you're like the pain or the the bad memory or the trauma sort of like standing by the edge and and if you're feeling really scared you move back from that edge but it's okay it's okay to move back and to know that you can go closer again later yeah you don't need to yeah you don't need to dive into the whole um episode or the whole moment you can take yourself as close as you like to that moment or that that emotion and then come back but that in itself can be quite difficult because if you're in a um a triggered moment or you are feeling particularly hurt or vulnerable then even the thought of getting close to that moment can be difficult and that um that resistance is very strong the patterns that we have set up um and they're all based on what we've experienced throughout our lives yeah. they're so strong at that subconscious level that um part of the process of the healing is being able to make it a conscious thing mm. actually being interested and curious enough in what's happening inside of you yeah. to then bring it um to the conscious mind yeah. recognize it and it's from that that you can then realize that you have a choice you can choose something different yes and oftentimes if you're just doing energy healing work uh that's where one of the limitations of energy healing work can be that you don't you're not necessarily able to have conscious recognition of what it is that you're holding and what it is that you need to release and that's where a modality like coaching or therapy depending on where you are um in in your healing journey may may be really helpful uh, mm. to bring to to help you bring to conscious awareness what it is that you're holding and then you don't and and then to be able to make a conscious choice to release it or not yeah yeah absolutely i know it's it is um it's a really useful tool to be able to allow people to walk through their everyday life without being um triggered or upset at every moment and it's as simple as you know the people we come across every day have we we're all projecting onto each other mm. whatever is going on for us and but that ability to just take a step back in our own minds and our own bodies 
and recognise what's happening can allow a completely different end to our um, interaction. Yes. That's so true. Um, any other tips that you can give us on how we can like um, help ourselves to surrender more, surrender better, or just make it easier? Like, especially in those moments when you're feeling really triggered. Um, yeah. Any any other um, suggestions on, around that? Um, probably for me, the best suggestion I can make is to practice. And, and, and that in itself takes an awareness that you know someone would like to do some work on themselves but yeah. the awareness starts with mindfulness I feel and mm. that you practice and learn how to sit quietly with yourself for a f- it starts with a few minutes each day and seek a quiet place work with your breath and just try and zone in on the different parts of your body and what they're feeling what they're doing start there you just do a few minutes each day but then when you take that out into your day as you go to work or on the weekends try and incorporate that into whatever it is you're doing so at a more conscious level you are feeling your breath you're feeling what's going on inside and through that awareness you will then become uh, better at being aware of how things are triggering you or how you're reacting through the day and it, that itself will allow you to step back and um, almost move into that feeling a little bit more and then you can you can come back and you know sometimes I feel you know even myself now is that some moments are more um, triggering than others mm-hmm. and I need to actually step away into a private space to allow myself to work out what's going on but in some cases also it's a little bit fun to see how I can work through something by myself how close can I get to that feeling or to that emotion without falling off the edge and it's, it almost becomes and to me it's almost a competition it's like how close can I get there before I I do something or before I I actually either um feel it completely or have to back away and that does take a lot of practice it's not something you know that you can probably do from day one but that's how I make being curious and interested in myself a little bit more fun because otherwise it can come across as being oh no I don't really want to go there at all yeah thank you for for talking about how to make it more fun and the fact that actually really important to introduce some element of fun <laughs> like, let's not take ourselves so seriously because when we do we actually make things harder for ourselves and we don't want to do that so to to find a way to make things more fun and i love the idea of just sort of taking it sort of like a fun challenge like a game that you're playing almost um, yeah. and it is in in some ways life is is a game. It is definitely, and I, I think that you know, without taking away the pain that some do feel, and even the thought of making um, all of this sound like fun could be 
oh no we can't go there and you know just having some it is a it can be a hard journey that to to get to that point where you can actually see that there is some fun in this part of life this game that we play but yeah it is it's it is the, the game of life really isn't it yeah you know it makes me think about i was watching a documentary that was um there they were in a refugee camp i i don't remember where exactly it was somewhere in africa and the basically in the documentary they were they were trying to show what life is like for refugees in these refugee camps and how they cope and deal and heal from the trauma of what they've been through and i remember one of the segments there were a part of the documentary they were focusing on the kids and they said of course the kids also are extremely traumatized uh, they have seen horrendous things experienced horrendous things many of them have seen their parents their loved ones being killed in front of their eyes and they're just little kids and they have had to to endure starvation and walk for miles and miles for days and days in 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 hot desert conditions and you know just experienced terrible things in their life and yet in some ways one of the things that you know you 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 see in terms of what's different between children many of the children and many of the adults is that you 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 once the children come into into camp it takes them a while to sort of feel safe and re- realize and recognize that they're in a relatively speaking safe place and a stable condition but as they sort of begin to realize and recognize them the they are given access to toys uh, i mean they're given the toys right from the beginning but like you see that over 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 time more and more the kids begin to actually engage with the toys and they begin to play more and more and then you see them coming together to play with each other <laughs> and um and 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 then they're laughing and they are you know like actually having fun and 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 it's not constantly like that there there's there they're still you know dealing with a lot of trauma and that it, that is going to take a lot of time to heal from but they're able to nonetheless experience these moments um of of joy of happiness of just having fun um you know playing with their toys playing with each other and you don't see as much of that happening with the adults um no it's almost like yeah. we as adults we lose that childlike ability to um 
come out of ourselves despite what is going on and that layer upon layer of um, you, you might start off with a childhood experience and then it it never goes away and if you you can't deal with that and so you get more added to that yeah and adults, it's harder for us to um, I guess create that childlike um, approach to life as well as you know we've got responsibilities now and life has become a lot more serious but that childlike approach to um, our lives is pretty much where I think a lot of us get our healing from if we can tap into that inner child within us yeah. it allows us to experience what um, that little person would have experienced and yeah. You can actually have a conversation and realize where you as an adult are not quite meeting the needs of your inner child. Yeah. Yeah. Because connecting with that inner child, of course, is so healing in itself. But it's also a key component of, of what makes us more resilient. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's. Um, there's just so many different parts of us as an adult and as a human being and it's you know life itself has become quite tough and with the various stages of lockdowns around the world it's it's we're becoming less resilient if you like to what is going on around us Mm-hmm. But what is becoming more and more important is the ability to develop that resilience. Yeah. And we do that through, you know, many different things throughout our lives. But it's also around, you know, we talked about surrender a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not around surrendering to the moment or surrendering to the rules that are being put down in front of you. It's being able to release the resistance that you have to that moment realizing that although you might not have a choice you can't go outside but what can you choose to do in this moment yeah and that is what will i think will help people get through in these moments that don't feel very comfortable and create a little bit more happiness around that Mm -hmm. right and and what you're saying about focusing yourself again in the present moment and what you can do in the present moment that's actually also uh, uh, what mindfulness is all about is about staying in the present moment Um, and it and when I think about mindfulness and uh, I I've come to understand that there's two very important components to mindfulness Um, one is of course being in the present moment having that present moment awareness but there's also a second extremely important component to it do you have any idea what I'm talking about how do you how like what's your understanding of mindfulness like what what's the core and essence of of practicing mindfulness um is it just about being in the present moment? Is there anything more to it? Well, for me, mindfulness is definitely about being in that present moment, but it's also about um, compassion and more probably more self-compassion because mindfulness or meditation, whichever word you want to put around that, 
can be incredibly hard, especially if you are in a, a busy life. Yeah. And we're very, we very easily go to that, oh, I can't focus, I can't do this right now, I've just got too much going on, yeah. rather than the self-compassion part kicking in and saying, come back to self. You know, it's okay. I realize we'll just put that to the side, come back to self. And you might need to do that a hundred times in, you know, trying to become present. But that self-compassion allows you to do that without creating a sense of judgment and removing all kindness from that particular moment. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Tina. Because that's so important because you could actually be present in the moment be focusing on everything that's wrong or what's making you miserable in the moment and then that's not very helpful so mindfulness i oh, thank you for sharing that yes it's not just about being present in the moment but being present in the moment with self-compassion oh, that's awesome yeah, no it's it's so important i think not to not to judge yourself and if you do, don't judge that either. Yeah, you know, we're we're not um, we're not perfect, and we do have busy lives. Mm. The ability to become present helps us move through that busy life, but yeah. that in itself can become a, a hurdle for, for some people. Which yes. is, I think it's just important just to well remain present. I guess that's what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't tell you, Tina. Oh my gosh, I had, when I first started learning about the value of practicing non-judgment, especially with regards to myself, one of the, on the one hand, I really benefited from, from that, cultivating that attitude of non-judgment. Uh, but then the struggle that I sort of fell into was that I became judgmental about being judgmental. Yes. A little bit of a vicious oh. circle. <laughs> yeah. So, my gosh, thank you. And, I've, you know, I want to keep talking with you. And, you know, you're just going to have to come back so we can keep talking because, fortunately, we're out of time for today. But for sure, for sure, I would love for you to come back and um, share more of your wisdom. Yeah, I'd love to be um, talking to you again about this. It's a really interesting topic. Yay, awesome. All right, any last words from you for today, for right now? No, I don't think so. I've just really enjoyed catching up with you and talking about this. And um, I hope that whoever's listening, it helps them as well. So... Um, enjoy the rest of your day yeah thank you and uh, uh, to all of our wonderful dear listener uh, listeners um, if you're listening if you're watching please know that in the show notes of this episode we are going to add we are adding tina's link so you can get in touch with her learn more about her work so please connect with her you can also connect with me i'll also add my links in the show notes so um, the main thing is don't continue to struggle by yourself reach out for help and support and it'll help make your process of change and healing and transformation so much more fun and easy so with that i wish you lots of peace and joy until the next time we meet
Take care. Take care, everybody. Thank you.